Welcome to episode seven of the Warrior Pulse, and it is my honor today to have a true family friend and a Weber stalwart, Dr. Elfie Farshman, as my guest. Um, Dr. Farshman is an associate professor in sport business management here at Weber. She's also the FAR, uh, the faculty athletic athletic representative for Weber. Um, Elfie comes to Weber with so much experience. She has been a part of Weber since 2003. She has won the National Faculty Athletic Representative Award, which is named the Wally Schwartz Faculty Athletic Representative um, Award for 2015 and 2016. She was also named the Sun Conference Faculty Athletic Representative, sorry, that is a mouthful, for the year 2019 and 2020. And she also is included in the Weber Women's Basketball's Ring of Honor here on the campus. On top of being an associate professor teaching undergraduate and graduate classes at Weber, she's also on, she has been a part of, or is currently involved in 14 committees in, at Weber or the NAI. Um, she got her undergraduate degree from Transylvania University, which we're going to touch on because, yes, I said Transylvania, and she received her doctorate from FSU. So not only is she a pioneer, she's a Seminole, and she absolutely loves her Colts. So we're going to touch on a lot of those things today. I'm going to start off with a quote, and I'm going to get her comment on that. Success in management and success in sport are derived from the same basic principles from Will Carling. Dr. Farshman, what does that mean to you in the world of sport business? As far as being a professor? Mm-hmm. Um, the sports industry now is a business from Little League on up to the professional leagues. And you have to have some management techniques, even though they're slightly different for the sport industry. Um, one of the classes I teach is called sport promotion and promotion's an element of the marketing mix. But promotion in the sport industry is very, very important because you don't have to come to a live sporting event. So we use that class to teach how to get people into your arena. I'll I'll never forget, I actually had the honor of taking (laughs) classes from Dr. Farshman in my MBA program. And I will never forget walking in the first day and she says, if you're a fan of sport and you think by working in the sport industry that you're going to get to see sport, you're in the wrong industry. So um, being in athletics and being in the sport management side of things, you realize that being involved in the sport really means you're more behind the scenes than you are. Um, how hard is that transition for someone? Because this is a very athletic-based school. How hard of a transition is that for someone that's like, oh, I love basketball. I'm going to go work for the Magic. And then they realize, wait, I'm working in the back room and I didn't even see one play of the game. How hard is that transition for the students? It, it is very hard transition for the students. To be honest with you, Trey, we probably get... 150 new sport business management majors as freshmen or transfers and we graduate on an average 50 to 70 of them wow because they come in i love sports i played sports all my life i want to do a job i love well yeah but it's more behind the scenes work than anything else if you get to watch the game it might be one game a season I, I realize 
as a coach, that is also, you know, people ask me all the time, do you watch tennis on TV? And I'm like, I watch 300 matches a year. I don't need to watch any more. So as a, in the management world, it's the same thing. You're, it's your job. You want to get a break from being in that arena in the dark. You want to go out and play golf and, and do something <laughs> different. We're going to go backwards a little bit because everybody has a story and, and Dr. Farshman didn't come to Weber, just poof, she's here. So you started at Transylvania University and I was curious about this and I was so excited to find out you were an athlete and <laughs> you played field hockey and basketball. How a field hockey is a sport down here in the South that we just don't see. Nope. <laughs> um, basketball is obviously pretty common, but tell me what that field hockey experience was like. And is there anything from field hockey that you've taken into your professional world? And then also the basketball. And by the way, not only did she play field hockey, she was a three-time MVP in field hockey, and she was a one-time MVP in basketball. So, you know, there when she talks to you in class about your sport, she understands what it means to be a top-level athlete. So I'm just curious what that if you if you were able to bring anything to your profession from the sports world. Um. When I went to Transylvania, I was offered a spot to play on the basketball team. And to be honest with you, I never had heard of field hockey before then. However, the basketball coach, in addition to being the PE teacher, was also the field hockey coach. So she's like, Elfie, why don't you try field hockey? I don't know what it is. What do we do with it? She said, oh, don't worry about it. We use that as conditioning for basketball. So the first year in field hockey, I was on the defensive side of <laughs> I was on the defensive side of the team. Um, the next three years, I was an offensive forward, um, and I came to really like field hockey more than basketball. Really? Yeah. Uh, we weren't very good my freshman year. Number one, we were in Kentucky. We had to play a lot of northern schools, so we played the University of Kentucky and got hit pretty good um but my senior year we actually won the kentucky intercollegiate athletic conference and got to go to regionals at william and mary aha william and mary Mm. yes so the the field hockey it's funny because i've actually seen the game being played and and just i've actually never met anybody who who played it (laughs) um with regards to transylvania I was doing a little bit of research trying to figure out and I see this bat logo and I'm like, oh, cool. That makes so much sense. The tra- We've all heard it. We've all seen that stuff. You were called the Pioneers. Can you explain to me how a school that's named Transylvania has a bat as a logo and you're called the Pioneers? Is there a little bit of history with that? Transylvania translates to across the woods and Transylvania was one of the first private colleges created when it was Virginia Commonwealth which then turned into Kentucky. Now when I was at Transylvania we were the pioneers and did not have the bat logo. The bat logo came into effect about five or six years ago. Okay. But we do have uh, a professor that was buried on campus The story was that this professor kind of had an extramarital affair with the president's wife. And so we have uh, the Rafskeller, which is supposedly where he's buried. And every year at Halloween, a group of students will spend Halloween night by the tomb. (laughs) (laughs) That is awesome. So you, you got your undergraduate from Transylvania. 
How does a student from Transylvania end up at FSU to do their doctorate in sport? In sport. Um, when I went to Transylvania, I was lucky enough to know I want to be a teacher and I want to be a basketball coach. So my goal of graduating from Transylvania was to do those things. Uh, my first job was at a junior high school in Florence, Kentucky, Ackerman Junior High School. I had a PE major but a math minor. So at Ackerman, I taught seventh grade math and ninth grade pre-algebra, and I coached the eighth grade girls basketball team. So my first year of being a head coach, we went 13-2. and two. We lost the first game, and then we lost in the tournament. Um, after that, uh, my father had died that year, and thinking like any 22-year-old, I went back home and took some time off. And then my next te- teaching job was at a Augusta High School. And at Augusta, I taught every math class, 9 through 12, and I was the assistant basketball coach. And to be brutally honest with you, the first day of practice, we should have started out with, when we have the ball, it's called offense. When they have the ball, it's called defense. Oh. <laughs> um, and then after, um, after Augusta, I ended up going in the Army. I was in the Army three and a half years. Um, and then my mom died, and I tried to get a compassionate reassignment in Kentucky. and. The Army didn't give me that, so I got out of the Army, uh, worked at the Army Depot in some capacities, and then finally they started, they created a morale, welfare, and recreation division. So there was the recreation director, they hired a sports director, me, an outdoor recreation director, and a recreation center director. So for eight years I was the sports director. And then the Army underwent base realignment and closure, which the Lexington part of the depot closed and the Richmond, Kentucky part of the depot stayed open. Um, Richmond cut the Bluegrass Army Depot in Richmond to this day still has 5% of the U.S. stockpile of mustard gas and nerve gas there. Really? Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, um... With base realignment and closure, we lost our active duty army and our active duty military. So about seven more years, I was the recreation director. And because we had no active duty army, the position changed from an appropriated funded position to a non-appropriate funded position. And um, I got moved down to shipping and receiving. And after about a year in shipping and receiving, I'm like, you know, this isn't why your mom and dad spent all that money at Transylvania. So um, I started going to Eastern Kentucky University part-time to get my master's degree. And then I found out about what's called graduate assistance. And because I could get my tuition paid and get a stipend, I quit at the Army Depot and finished up my master's degree full-time. And then after that, I thought, Teaching college classes is pretty cool, but I need to go ahead and get a doctorate for that. So most of the uh, PE professors at Eastern had gotten their degree from Florida State. So I'm thinking, Florida State, Florida, why not? So that is how I ended up at Florida State. (laughs) All right, so what you just heard is real life. Your path that you think you're going to be on is going to have twists, turns, forks in the roads, one-way streets, 
and what you thought you loved is going to get taken away and you're going to have to find it. So I, that was that was awesome. <laughs> At FSU, you're getting your doctorate. You knew you wanted to teach. Mm-hmm. Did you know what you wanted to teach? Because you had been so involved when, in math and coaching. Did, did you kind of think, oh, I want to do sport management? Or did, did you think you wanted to do more on the mathematics you know, side of things? Um, my experience being the sports director at the Lexington Bluegrass Army Depot was what caused me to go into sport administration. Uh, back when I went to school at Transylvania, the sport management degree was not very well known or very popular. Um, And when I was looking at Eastern to get my master's degree, I saw sport administration and I'm like, well, I'm already doing that. So why not go ahead and get a degree in it? So both at at Eastern and at Florida State, a lot of the sport management was from a liberal arts viewpoint. We didn't have very many business classes that we had to take or anything like that. so it was really cool coming to Weber because I actually get to teach sport management in the business department. And our students have uh, financial accounting, managerial accounting, micro and macroeconomics, principles of finance. So our students are really lucky. They have a bachelor's of business administration with a concentration in sport management. So they can work in the business world they can work in the sport industry and if they get a minor they have actually three career paths they can go through once they graduate so you 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 get your doctorate you're 2003 you you join weber Mm -hmm. and i'm always i've been here a long time myself off and on (laughs) through living in the community and i'm always curious why did you stay and i don't mean that as a negative why has this become home? Um, one of the biggest factors of picking Weber is Weber's a teaching school. Um, I've always wanted to teach students. I like reading research, but I don't necessarily want to do research. I can take other people's research and then use it in the classroom. So at Weber, we have uh, we usually teach what we call 12 hours. For each undergraduate class, you get one hour credit, and for a graduate level class, you get two hours credit. So I got to teach. The other thing that made me pick Weber is um, I really like the people. Uh, The academic dean, Dr. Howard, and Gene, his administrative assistant, were really helpful in showing me around and, and where I wanted to live, some things I wanted to do. Um, the professors were all very nice and it was kind of cool. I had, um, the math teacher on one side of me in my office building, had an English teacher on the other side, a management teacher down the road. So I didn't feel like I was just in my own little sport bubble. I was actually in a Weber bubble. The Weber bubble. (laughs) The funny thing about the Weber, it's hard to pop that Weber bubble. (laughs) You kind of get into it. Um, so you've been at Weber for, we're going into the 18th year. You obviously have some downtime. You have some fun. You have some things you enjoy. What, what's your, what are your hobbies? <laughs> um, I guess you could say my biggest hobby is playing golf. The good thing about Weber, especially right now, is we do not have classes on Wednesday. 
So I can get to golf on Wednesday afternoon and Saturday and Sunday. I don't know if I'm getting any better at it, but I do play a lot of golf. And then I guess my second hobby would be watching the Colts play during the NFL season. <laughs> so speaking of the golf, I, I, I've heard you've had a few of those things that are are the hard accomplishments. Uh, <laughs> when did you get your hole-in-one and how did you get it? <laughs> I got my hole-in-one on July the 4th, about three years ago at Pinecrest Golf Course. And it was on number... 11 hole it was a par three obviously and I thought I hit a pretty good shot and I couldn't really see where it went so we're all going up there and everybody's like Elfie where's your ball I don't know I thought it was right here (laughs) um and then finally Kelly says did you look in the hole and I'm like oh poop it is in the hole (laughs) so that's my one and only hole in one Pinecrest, for those that don't know, is a course down in the Sebring-Avon Park area. It's an old Donald Ross, classic Donald Ross design. Um, Actually, there's been some very famous golf played on that course. Um, You talked about the Colts, and you you have talked about the Colts a lot. Um, I I remember taking classes from you, and if they were in a Monday night game, we didn't really want to make class last too long because (laughs) the Colts were going to be on. Where did the love of the Colts come from, and how do you sustain the love of the Colts? <laughs> um, it, a long time ago, Life Magazine used to be one of the first full-color magazines, and I liked to read when I was little, so in a December issue, they had the Baltimore Colts on the front cover because the Colts were going to go play the Jets, had nice color pictures, read a lot. So the first football game I ever watched was Super Bowl number three. Okay. Where um, the Jets won. <laughs> As we kind of get towards the 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 end, you you have taught so many athletes, so many students, and you I was one of those. <laughs> and I'll never forget one of my greatest experiences was in the sports ethics class (laughs) and I wonder how you feel as a professor who teaches but also as a fan of sport are you ever conflicted with the athletes that you have to teach and the attitude you may see on a field of play Mm, no in in the classroom while I know they're a student athlete they're a student um and it doesn't really matter what sport or anything. They're graded on what they do in the classroom. Um, I get a great sense of joy because when I do watch them play, they're my little sport management babies out there and they're doing well. Um, I think sport has become way too commercialized and some ethics and have gone out the window because of the amount of money in the sport industry. But I, I do love sport. I do love my little sport, my little student athletes out there. And it, uh, it gives me great pride because we just had graduation a couple days ago. And it's neat to see them where they're going next and to hear from them and see what they've accomplished. You just made me think of two more things. Um, you talked about them, them separating and, and they're, they're your little sport management babies. What's your favorite? What's your favorite class that you teach 
And is that possible? Is that an impossible question to ask? I, if I had to pick a favorite, I would probably say it's the undergrad facility and event management class. It is a good class. Because in that class, uh, they put on an event. The, the class picks an event director, an assistant event director. They pick the heads of their department. And basically, if they ask me for help, I give them help. And for the most part, they've usually put on a good event. Um, and they learn because while the event looks good to the public, they figure out what they did wrong. Um, lack of planning and maybe getting something organized, lack of planning. Uh, one year we did a color run and we set up a color station too close to the uh, coach's parking lot. So <laughs> some cars were a different color for a few hours. Um, but it's, it's neat because they do it all on their own and you get to kind of watch how creative and interesting they can be. Awesome. That is that I, I do. I actually remember the Mardi Gras 5K that your <laughs> class put on. Um, last thing on the ethics side, because I, I'm with you. I, I believe that sport is such a primal thing, but it's played there. there I, we just interviewed some lacrosse athletes and the, the Native American history that goes along with lacrosse. And I'm a tennis person and we call the ball in and out ourselves. And in golf, you call your own penalties, mm-hmm. something that ethics side of things. I saw a meme this weekend because, you know, Florida literally threw away the game (laughs) because they threw the shoe. And I'm seeing a meme now with LSU's Nike cleat. Is it great that Nike's getting, hey, they're getting a a great amount of press on a negative event. Is that the kind of stuff that you talk about in class? Um, The the ethics class is very interesting. We have have about four chapters of information that, that... we go through and is testable material. And then for the other weeks, we pick a specific topic to talk about. Um, I do bring up golf and tennis because we have the little commercial video of the guy that touches the ball and it's like, coach, I touched the ball. Mm-hmm. And um, any team sport athlete will tell me they would never tell the official that because the officials are there to officiate. And usually I have a tennis or golfer in the class and I'm like, well, you know, Trey, who officiates your all's games? And we call it on our own. Mm-hmm. So it, it ethics and issues gets interesting every once in a while. Yes. There are fun classes. And if you ever just want to go audit a class, go take a business ethics or a sport ethics class. I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna have two things I want you to comment on. One is leadership is inspiring people. Management is keeping the trains running on time. That's from Andy Dunn. How does that work in the sport world as well? Um... Leaders have to have vision, have to have charisma. They need to keep the big picture in mind where everything's going to go. Managers are kind of the nuts and bolts. They're the ones that put everything in place so that you can accomplish the leader's vision. Um, managers, to I like the management level because you were the doer. Um, Coaches, sometimes I would consider more of the leader because they have the path that you want to go on. But coaches also have captains on their teams, which kind of becomes the equivalent of a manager because they do the nuts and bolts with the other team members to form them into a team that can go on the coach's leadership. Can a 
can a leader be a great manager and can a manager be a great leader or are they always separated they could probably be one and the same i think you can be a great manager and become a great leader um but i think leaders just have a little bit more of the the big picture goal and think more visionary and lastly we'll finish with this you have been at weber for a long time you've seen the changes and you're one of those that have been here so long that you've seen what it used to look like and now what it's becoming and when i stepped back on campus although i've been here for a very long time i noticed i have a different attitude because i see the the positive changes that are occurring what does it mean to you to be a warrior and has that changed over the years I don't think it really has changed that much over the years. Being a warrior really became part of the Weber family. I've had a lot of great friends. Your mom and dad have me over for Thanksgiving and Christmas every year. Um, Nancy Nichols has had me over, so it really became more of a family. It's nice now to see some infrastructural changes and some growth to maybe we can do more for our students and help them better on their path to graduate. Yes, and by the way, the Christmas prime rib is always spot on. Yes. We will just go ahead and say that now, but I want to thank Dr. Elfie Farshman for joining me today on the the Warrior Pulse. Um, If you ever get a chance, Elfie's always at athletic events. She's always involved with her students. She's always involved with the athletes, whether that's as the faculty athletic representative or just as a fan. So come by, stop in, see Elfie. Her department does a great job putting out great people that that love to be involved in sport on the business side. We'll see you next time on the Warrior Pulse. Bye-bye. Thank you, Trey.